Hello and welcome to the Commagers podcast, the only podcast that records its episode while the Oscars is going on, even though the entire purpose of the episode is film. Uh, I am Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. And I'm Katie DeSanto. And today we are traveling to Middle Earth to view the first of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Rings. But first, as always, we ask the most pressing question of every episode. What are we drinking this episode? I'm drinking Town Branch bourbon. Straight. Neat. It's delicious. I do like that Town Branch. Katie is a tad bit hungover because she drank champagne last night with her sister-in-law. It's not a wise decision. Um, so in a sort of like healing beverage, as I would like to call it, I am drinking hot cocoa with okay. a little bit of coquito, a little homebrew made by one of my coworkers, Abuelas. Um, if you've never had coquito, you're missing out. I don't even know what that Explain is. Explain what it is. It's what is it? So it's like the Spanish version of Bailey's, right? So it's a cream liqueur made with rum, coconut milk. And you just like spices. make that in a bathtub or something, or yeah, what is? Well, you could probably yeah. also use a sanitized like a, a pot or um, a bottle, uh, which is. You sound judgy, Brian. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. No, if they're I know. Using I was being bathtubs. serious. Like make moonshine. No, that's like, what uh, we used to do in college. Yeah. This is legit yeah. stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there. That sounds delicious. Interesting. You should try it. Uh, I take the recommendations of this program so seriously that I am drinking uh, Four Roses. Look at small you, guys. Wow. Um, a recommendation by Jim on this program. Yeah. Yeah, that one's that one's really good. The and So, like, that one, I'd say, is, like, a little more on the spicy side. Mm-hmm. And then the single barrel is a little more on the sweet side. Okay, but I have a pressing a question batch, before right? we yeah, continue yeah, on. What does everybody think about Jim's beard after another week of growth? Yeah, it's really coming in good there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Viewers, For- if you can't see it, Jim is looking dead sexy. Yeah, we should actually, Katie, can you take a picture after mm-hmm. the episode and right post now. it no, to social media after. for people who are, mm-hmm. uh, so who lighting. listen to it and aren't on a lot. So we are actually, like I said, for those of you people who are listening to the podcast uh, that we put out usually a few days after we record it, we are actually recording as the Oscars are ongoing, even though we are a film podcast. because that confident. Yeah, we just don't really care about the Oscars. I, I don't like award shows. I don't find them very interesting. They're about as interesting as parades, which is another yeah. wildly overrated thing to watch. I will say the one thing about the Oscars that I do like um, are the performances mm-hmm. for best song. Mm-hmm. Yes. Adam Lambert's performing tonight. Oh, that's going to be good. So it's, but you uh, can, but I feel like now on, yeah, yeah, on social media, you can just pull up all of them on YouTube. It's after. true. And yeah. I remember that, true. that starting with once, which is that's a movie. Oh, that, that was so yes. good. That but was... I feel like all that, like I can just watch. And no, yeah, it's true. And and there's no even they're not I even don't a host feel the need to year. watch it live. There's just no watch host. the recap. Yeah, I yeah there's that. no host. All the controversy which is, that was which is kind of yeah. crazy. All right. Let's uh, fact check. Patty loves okay, your beard. Thank you, Patty. Today is our 25th episode. Woohoo. Amazingly. Uh, so it's time to start thinking about um, things. We've been around long enough. Perhaps uh, Jim could write a theme song, oh. uh, which I think would be interesting. Eh. You know, blend Adam, uh, of Adam talent. Adam already sang, apparently. Yeah. 
So uh, or, or some maybe a calendar, a 2020 calendar, Commager's calendar. Mm. Uh, of pictures with the with the movie from yes yeah. the movies we've done i only seen... wanted if you are semi-clothed and and holding no, I think that the, like the, dvds the pictures, over your yes no the bazingas. pictures would be us reenacting famous scenes from movies we've yeah, done i love it or, but partially in, clad in uh yes in order to avoid copyright you know slightly different yeah. we could also just do drawings like me and brian could take a crack and each of us draw a movie hmm. yeah. i think oh, so i oh, like where brian's yeah. going better actually yeah. so here's like january um brian and jim reenact the rain scene from the notebook well, brian is rachel McAdams. right Hmm? It should be February, shouldn't it? February. Yeah. Oh, sure. For the love. Jim's got the beer mm -hmm. going. It would be he perfect. Does. Yep. Could really do I think that. this is actually a wonderful idea. So we should think Let's about that. Let's make this happen. All right. Yes. So there we Adrian go. Adrian Hampson Niles agrees. Yep. Thank you. Perfect. A. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll it. go with that. Uh, all right. So tonight we are discussing Lord God, of the Rings. Samwise and, is... and Frodo, the two of you. Oh, this is going to be so cute. Perfect. <laughs> we, just need a, we just need a photographer. In a boat? And a, uh, I love it. Jim has, has hobbit feet, actually. You guys are like, you're ready for this one. Okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> this should be interesting. Um, so the film tonight is part of the AFI Top 100, which yes. surprised me a little bit. Hmm. It's um, Return of the King, which won the Oscar, is not. It's the only right. of, of the three that is in the top 100. It's hard uh -huh. to uh, separate them, though. Like, to yes, be honest, I think like we should talk about that. That's yeah, interesting. Maybe that they just we'll did that movie. for that reason. Uh, I was off last week and basketball's done. Uh, so this fit into my AFI viewing, which was nice. I got to. But I, I actually also watched Chinatown, The Graduate, 12 Angry Men, Silence of the Lambs, and the In the Heat of the Night. It's really impressive, Brad. Well. It's very impressive. As well as watching great research. Uh, The Raid, which was a crazy kung fu movie. Um, and I took the kids to the Lego 2 movie. Quick reaction, Lego 2. Eh, not as good as the first one. Yeah. It was it was okay, but not, nowhere near as good. What's as the been first your one. favorite view of the AFI list so um, far? Probably North by Northwest. Strong um, choice. Yeah, uh, Chinatown was very good. I hadn't seen I've never the seen whole that thing before. It was pretty. It was pretty good. Uh, Twelve Angry Men is always good. Yeah. Um, the, the thing is, none of them are bad. It's really interesting to watch the AFI Top 100 films because they're so different that there's something really cool. Yeah, you know, so it's not you don't. There's nothing the same. So I just kind of randomly go through them, and there's always something really cool about each one. Like The Graduate, which isn't necessarily my favorite, but there was something really interesting in that. But this is one of those. Um, so that was good. Um, controversial week uh, oh, yeah. from last week's episode on the oh. Notebook. My gosh. Uh, lots I mean, of people had wild who haven't watched the movie things. in 20 years yeah. feeling very um, strongly feel about very it. strong. So I put a poll up. I abstained from voting because um, I asked the question. 53% uh, of our viewers love The Notebook. So it looks like to, Jim and I are off. To four, Well, 5347 is pretty close. Uh, um, that's true. But I would stay. Wouldn't win almost, a presidential election. Yeah. Actually, almost, it would. It would. <laughs> it, it would. Okay. 
actually 53 percent of the vote is is considered fairly good from a popular i was thinking I know, about I'm, us as the 47 but the 47 yes. could win we could also oh, win could, the yeah, presidential also, depending on the electoral college yeah and the electoral college on our side is people who so are we're educated still in about the running um, so but people were very uh intense about this oh, yeah. they, they the hated point, me to yeah. the point that um, our page reach increased by 126%. That's crazy. And people commenting or going to the page increased by 148%. Right. What's really funny is um, one of the comments, the criticisms that was brought up was that Jim and I sounded like elitists. Um, you need to explain elitists. Oh, that's pur purposeful mispronunciation. That's all we need to say. Yeah. Anyway. Before we started the episode, literally the question I asked Jim was, how do we have this conversation without you and I seeming like elitists about this movie? Well, and apparently we failed. Yeah, well, I was going to say that the moment we decided to do a podcast based around movies and giving our opinion about art, we uh, I think we we immediately step into the uh, elitist camp. Mm. But I think that it does open up that conversation. That's a really valid one about why people love movies and that, you know, you might have a movie that's maybe not checking all the boxes for character development and plot development and continuity acting. and yeah. acting, you know, like Score. many, many of the, it might not check any of the boxes, Casting. but you still might have a very War. emotional reaction War. apparently War. to War seeing Rachel ever. McAdams nearly naked yeah. just from the yeah. back only just by the her way naked if, back. if you're really just looking for rachel mcadams naked in a film there are other ones there are other ones watch. there are that are better including ones directed by brian de palma which are like really amazingly mm. put together oh, films. she's fabulous she yeah. listen this the, uh, we cannot blame this on yeah. on either of the actors in this no, movie no, no. It, was, um, it was not so, their fault but, but the, the, a lot of people were intrigued by that to mm -hmm. say the least uh, we had a vote for best picture for our next episode. Uh, this was not as close a vote. Uh, Jim's selection, The Departed, will be our Oscar winning film that we're going to mm -hmm. look at next week, beating Moon Knight uh, 69 to 31. Uh, just some other quick things. The Razzie winner was announced. Uh, that was announced yesterday. I paid more attention to that award ceremony than the Oscars. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Holmes and Watson, which was our very first ever instant reaction trailer on this show. Yes. And we were both uh, like, oh, my God, that looks terrible. Yes. Uh, won the Razzie. Now, we were going to try to win the Razzie, but I've just considered the notebook, your guys, 2019 Razzie, since you had never seen it. Also, this film cannot be found streaming anywhere. I'm not sure if Will Farrell has just purchased all the rights to it so that it can't be viewed. Love it. You have to see uh, it in the theater. I yeah. love it. So I, and I'm not going to see it. No. In a, <laughs> and I'm not paying fifteen dollars for it which is like no. what the pre-water value was. No. Uh, and then finally, I, I did watch Chances Are again mm -hmm. uh, after the show. A few like people I said. have inspired by our episode, which makes me so happy. And I have to say this, like I hadn't watched it in a long time. Uh, the the main love story in this, if we want to say is Robert Downey Jr. And let's say Mary Stewart Masterson. There's lots of love stories in it. No, no, no. They, no that's but the, the husband, daughter. Yeah, but I'm, the, I know, but I'm just saying, let's get to the idea by the end. That you have the two, Sybil Shepherd and Ryan O'Neill together, which is weird because yeah, yeah, yeah. the guy was the best man in the wedding attempting to right. sleep with the bride. But 
uh, I locked onto the young love because we had just been talking about Notebook. And I have to say this. The young love story <laughs> in Chances Are is more believable than the Notebook. Oh, even yeah. though the relationship came about and started because Robert Downey Jr. erased a library debt. That seems very yeah. That is what attracted them. Uh, the, she then forgave him for attempting to sleep with their mother and she found out Does, that he was the reincarnation of her father. And I still found that relationship I don't think she more viable. That out either. She's left in the dark for a lot of the movie. Yeah. She becomes I, like a very side character yeah, for a lot I of the stuff. I still felt that's going that on. that relationship was more fleshed out than the Rachel McAdam, yeah. uh, Ryan Gosling relationship. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I'd go with that. Um, I okay. would say that Sybil's relationship with the dead husband's picture frame was more yes. well thought out than and Ryan. the eclair. Oh, oh that the, the eclair in the bed. That, what that it is one of the sexiest was, scenes was, on film. I can only think Let's that, be the, serious. that the every woman wants that. that. Yeah, I want pastries in my bed. But I can only think that the director thought that that was like. Some kind of symbolic thing because it served no purpose mm. in the storytelling. Interesting. There's, not, there's a lot in that movie that didn't serve any purpose. Mm -hmm. True. But uh, it's still better love story than The Notebook, I no, think. It's bad. Yeah. I still, I'll defend that movie, Brian. I, I understand you now better after watching that film. All right. it's, a, it's a fun film. Okay, let's go into um, The Redeeming of Jim Soul. Bringing him back the palate, from the, edge. the palate cleanse. <laughs> yeah, bringing him mm -hmm. back from the edge. Uh, we're talking about Lord of the Rings, mm -hmm. uh, the Fellowship of the Ring, the first in the trilogy uh, of the Lord of the Rings films. Um, I guess created. Well, I didn't create the story, but the film itself created the whole cinematic universe by Peter Jackson. Yep. And um, now this is hard. Usually do a rundown, a quick overview. How do you do a rundown of, of this film? You Jim is the you master can't. of the Lord of the Rings. I think Maybe just give us something very simple here and then we can get into. Yeah, I think everyone is, is somewhat familiar with The Hobbit. Um, Lord of the Rings basically takes place after The Hobbit. Um, and basically the whole the whole purpose of the movie is it's a journey for um Frodo Baggins to destroy a ring and throw it into a mountain that's thousands and thousands of miles away into, uh, you know, like a volcano um, and all the crap he has to endure in order to get there and the people he travels with and so forth. Um, and if he doesn't do it, it's the, the end of the world. So. Yeah, it's 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 uh, win or lose here, mm -hmm. really. Yeah. Um, so the film itself um was all done in one 15 month shoot, which well, back then all three movies, right? Yes. All three, all yeah. three were shot at pretty much the same. Now they have to come back and they did, uh, you know, press right. and stuff, but right. all three at once, which now I don't think sounds as crazy. Cause a lot of films will shoot back to back now. Yeah. But they were um, shooting because, in New Zealand, yes, right? Yes. But well, they'll shoot it. They shoot it in different places. Like the Avengers shot back to back in Atlanta. They but shot just, in New but Zealand. But I just feel like that's like, Mm, well, that's, that's a, because, a little bit yeah, of I think deal. what Brian's saying is, is that that was the this first, was the first movie to do it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nobody gotcha. would do that. And actually, yeah. this is I mean, this was all in at which sounds not very much at the time, like 200 million. Yeah. Um, to film all three at the same time. But the thing is, they had no idea yeah. if this was going to work or not. Like right. they shot all the hobbits at the same time because they knew they were going to be able to get billions right. of dollars right. for it. It was a hell of a gamble uh, when they decided well, to do all these. And at the Peter time. Jackson. This one sucked. 
What Peter, if it sucked? Peter Jackson was a gamble. He had done nothing other than these like almost like indie horror movies up until this point. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think you could argue he was better known for his um, special effects yeah. studio yeah. than he was for the film. Here's the other thing I never understood. And we can get into this. I always assumed that he was like a fanatical Tolkien fan. Like like one of the, you know, these people who are just he had read the book one time before he took the project on and then he like became immersed yeah. in the world and everything. I had assumed it was something like he read it his whole life growing because this seemed like such a passion project to take this on. I mean, this was years of work that he wasn't one of those guys like you who's read it so many times and all the different. He was kind of like, I read it. I thought it was interesting. And then I heard it was out for development and I grabbed it and we got the funding for it, which is interesting. So Crazy. let's go right into it. Um, what are you, since this is one of your all time favorites and you know, way more than Katie and I do. Yeah. Um, what is it that you love about the first of these films? Well, I think, I think for me, um, there are definitely problems with this movie, and and I'll get to that. Um, that there are a few a few areas in this movie where I'm like, oh, that's not good. Um, but the thing that immediately struck me within like the first ten minutes after the exposition of like back backstory, um, when Gandalf is is riding his little cart into the Shire for for Bilbo's birthday, within like the first two minutes of meeting Frodo and Gandalf. They've already established a better relationship than the dying couple at the end of the No Fault. <laughs> well, like, and, and, and yeah, and that is all done with great acting and just great storytelling and dialogue. It's very short, very quick, but immediately you know who these people are and what their relationship is uh, to a certain extent. Um, and I think that piece of it carries through the entire movie and what peter jackson does so well is to be able to you know film a scene between two characters talking and also pay very close attention to the characters that are listening uh so that you get so much more character depth and know more about both characters even though one's not even speaking um, and he, he I, you know, it's almost masterful in that in that regard. Um, and this movie is really about friendships, right? Like it's the Fellowship of the Ring. It's about, you know, camaraderie and and, you know, pulling together to accomplish a task. And do I do you think, think. Yeah, go ahead. Do you think the pacing was too slow at the beginning? Yeah, but that's a problem that this has through all three movies. I think there are portions that the pacing is really off. Um, and it's weird because I think there are certain scenes that are, aren't needed that that really add to it. There's a lot of like random, weird, actiony cut scenes like where where Arwen's riding the horse away from the riders. Yeah, there's like this. We it it just doesn't make a lot of sense of like where she is and like how she like it, and and it's almost like filler. So I didn't, I didn't think that part was paid enough attention to. Um, I think the book has this problem though. The pacing of the story in the book is is very slow to begin with, um, and the Hobbit's the same way. And I think I think part of that is purposeful, but um, yeah, I, I definitely think for a movie it was definitely a little more difficult to pull off and we weren't even watching the extended 
Yeah, version. I mean, I, I, I can't even I'm trying to I was trying to wrap my mind because it had been so long since I saw the extended version, um, like what was cut out of it. I did think that you're right, though. The editing at times is you it feels like a film that was longer. That was kind of sometimes like yeah. when you watch a movie on TV and they cut it for runtime yeah. purposes, yes. you're like some of the jump cuts and I in the action. One of the things I don't think they did great in the action is they didn't necessarily establish the geography of where some of these things were occurring. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is problematic. I think really good action films, uh, you know, do fantastic jobs of establishing yeah. And, uh, and they get a lot to, better at this in the second and third movie. Yeah. And it, it, yeah. It, yeah. No, absolutely. I, and I, th- I was thinking because I was just we talked about the AFI films like Alfred Hitchcock was the best at. You know, so we have action sequences like that. But I think in like I'm thinking in North by Northwest where he would build the tent. You knew the room that a scene was happening in so well that built the tension that when things started to happen, it made sense. Whereas in this, sometimes they're cutting so frequently that you don't necessarily have a gauge of how much tension we should have in this fight sequence. Right, right. Totally agree. Um, yeah. and I mean, that's they still do a good job. And I do think they get better. I found myself and I know, Katie, did you feel this way? Like I, I find it hard at points to remember where certain things blurred from one film to the next. And that to me in a rewatch situation versus the first time I saw it, I keep thinking, well, this is how this is going to play out. And this is how this is going to play out. So it's fine. But I found myself maybe at times being like, I'm not sure the individual film itself delivers like a self-contained film because it's so connected to the other films. Oh, right. Yeah. You don't it, really, it doesn't. Yeah. There's no real resolution in this, in this film. Uh, I mean, and there's some good arcs, like uh, the idea of friendship, like the end, the fellowship is broken up and stuff. But I'm wondering in a rewatch situation are you so forced i felt almost like inclined to be like well now i have to watch the second one and third right. one in a very you, short period of i time was gonna say payoff. it's very different than harry potter in right, that way right, right? like this, you can watch a single harry potter film and feel like that has its own story arc well but that's not true for your right to be fair the the harry potter books are constructed that way yes Right. Yeah, so like this is one book. Really. It's just it's just a difference in right. It's yeah. just not not that kind of a movie. Right. And 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 I would say like after watching this, the it was you know as far as watching movies that are part of a series, we've we've done a few here. This was the first one where immediately I was like I want to watch the second one like right away. Because mm-hmm. I think you're almost forced to. Yeah. Yeah. There's you, a lot hanging there that. I'm trying to think like obviously Indiana Jones is there. It's a series, but they're self-contained. Yeah, You're right. Yeah. Harry Potter. Absolutely. But this, yeah, there is. And, and even that being said, I did find myself because I want to say before the very end of the movie. So like that last 15 minutes where they they land and the orcs and the yeah, yeah. now were those things. Now, I, I have to admit, I read the book <clears> one time. And this is one of the rare things. Uh, Tolkien and this movie is one of the few times I'll ever say I actually enjoyed the movie better than the book. I'm just not a Tolkien person. But where the the animal they created, you know, with the handprint on it and everything that Sauron created, is Uruk-hai. that just for the movie? 
No. Were they were they part of the book yes. as well? Yeah. OK. But that whole end sequence, I did think he did an OK job at least starting to tie it in. So it's a little bit the end of one film, because as they're rowing down the the water, by the way, beautiful sequence in terms of the way they filmed the end scene with the I was like, man, this I, I'm feeling slightly cheated in the sense that I don't feel there's necessarily a great story arc. Right. That's hard. Yeah. I mean, that's hard when you're honoring the source material, right? Of like that, that to, to, to change that is to change the story of Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah. You know? And I think he tried that with the callback to Gandalf saying like, I think the whole purpose of, of this film. And if you were going to look for some kind of closure that did kind of wrap in this film is that, um, Frodo at the end is finally, taking control to the point of saying like this is his task Mm -hmm. whereas like everyone else up until that point had kind of put it on him yeah and then finally in that moment where he's standing on the on the shore he decides no it's his task and he's gonna go forward with it and i don't remember upon like seeing it in the theater and even the first time like when watching it on film being as bothered by that also maybe it was non-issue because we knew the other ones were coming out the next year so right. you knew you were getting paid off and i believe i think we all saw this together actually mm-hmm. wasn't the trailer for the next one or something right after the credits i feel like they attached it and they showed us something right away of the next one um yeah i think they did say so maybe that paid off so maybe that was less um, you know, because you knew it was coming anyway. But this goes to the point that we were talking about earlier in the fact that <clears throat> only the first one's on the AFI 100. Um, and only the, the final one won an Oscar for Best Picture. Um, I felt I always felt like that that final Oscar was sort of like, OK, all three movies. You, yeah. Yeah. It was sort of like you've done yeah. something that's really never been done before in film. Um, you know, and 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 to have something like Ben Hur on the AFI 100, you almost have to have Lord of the. You have to have one of these films on there. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I listen. I they they won eleven out of eleven for yeah. Return of the King, which is yeah. crazy. Um, and that that well, well, I'm sure we'll watch Return of the King at some point because as, as good of a film there is, there's some really long winded ends. Oh, and and they that. cut and they cut endings out of what's in the book. Yeah. So um, some great stuff in this film. What about sequences? Um, Anything, a particular scene or sequence that jumped out at you? Because I had some in my mind watching it um, going in, which is saying a lot because this movie came out that long ago and it's probably been a decade since I saw it. And there's still sequences that stuck in my mind, which I think is a testament to it as a movie. Um, I'm trying to think of them. You go first. You have one. I was just going to say, I, I feel like there's so many really wonderful moments in this movie. And it's just a combination of all of the things, you know, like the way they do the, the scenery of this film is breathtaking. You know, like every land, like every the fullness of the experience uh, of the backdrop, the lighting, the music, the like it fits together so nicely. So like when you're in the Shire, you are like in the Shire, <laughs> you know, like I feel yeah, like I am, in. I am there. <laughs> I am watching the fireworks with the hobbits. Like it's just completely 
immersive, you know, like so believable. Um, and so I just, I love all of those little moments in this, you know, epic story of good versus evil. You, you know, you get the, like Bilbo's birthday party and, and you get to be a part of like that. I, I don't know the, the legitimacy of, of that moment and, and walking through Bilbo's house. Like those, I, I love the opening scenes. Um, and I feel like every time you encounter a new world, there's almost that magic, you know, of like stepping into where do the elves live? Rivendell. When you find, when you go into Rivendell for the first time, like it, it just, and, and it's always paired with you know, really good dialogue and, and relationship between characters. And, you know, I'm seeing Strider and Arwen reunite. Like there's just all of these relationships that have either already existed. And I think he makes them very clear from the get go. Like you, you feel the connection between those characters or then watching the ones develop, you know, like, so we, we just finished the movie. Um, you know, that final battle scene, you know, in, in the forest where there, the, the fellowship is really like battling for each other. You know, they're not just like defending themselves. They're like really looking out for each other. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the most beautiful fight scenes that there is like, cause you can, you can feel it. You can feel how connected they are to each member. Um, and that it's no, no longer just about their own survival or even about Frodo that they all, they're just, they're intertwined, you know? I thought the end fight scene was filmed better as well, yeah. which they shot this stuff out of order, but it interested me. It would have interested me to know when that was shot because I thought that was constructed. All the things we were complaining about in terms of the editing, I thought that was much better than the other fighting sequences that we saw leading up to that. I don't know if it's like they just got – more yeah. into a groove of what they were doing but there was some great that's where they had the cinematography shot where it was kind of flying down through the forest and we're chasing aragorn running through that was a great sequence oh, Ar as, even just as the orcs come over the hill yeah. and aragorn grabs his sword like that shot of him and the sword I, like you're just like ready for it, yeah. you know. You're ready for him, him, and and then you see Gimli and and uh, Legolas come mm -hmm. in, and they all be kind of become sort of the badass legend, yeah. sort of that you yeah. you sort of you sort of get the feeling that they are, but you don't really see it in action until that moment, and then it becomes full display in the next movie where it's like the three of them going to save Merry and Pippin. It's, I mean, that, that, that got, that's the part that sort of got me excited for the next movie is that yeah. when he says, let's go hunt some orc and they get like super excited to run off. I in, like in my mind, I feel like I like the second one the best. Yeah. I have to rewatch it. But for whatever reason I was watching it, I was like, man, I really want to see the second one because it was just like lingering in my mind that that was, the one that maybe resonated or stuck yeah. with me the most well, it, of the three. It has my favorite sequence, which is that battle at Helm's Deep sequence, oh, which with, is just yeah, it's insane. incredible. Um, uh, but in terms of emotional moments, um, you know, may, maybe Jim would like to share the movies that have actually gotten him a little bit misty. Little in, Giants in the eyes, Little oh, Giants, Little Giants, and this one. Armageddon, um, but not not yes. the Liv Tyler part. No, okay. Romance ben never Affleck. does it for Jim. Yes, of course. It's the, the friendship, it's the father son the dynamic, it's the best oh. friend dynamic. Yeah. That's what. Oh no, come on! That that Harry Stamper scene and yeah. and uh, with the he he goes, you're gonna take care of my little girl now. Mm -hmm. 
We had a conversation while we were watching this of like maybe one of the differences between like pro notebook, anti notebook folks. uh, I don't know. Is that we we place the the individual relationships as much less important than the movies that are about the battle for good. (laughs) Like that 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 just feels like uh, that's a bigger that's a bigger deal. Now this film, from a production perspective, is immaculate. Like every, I mean, yeah. the costuming. Yeah. Um, I, it would, the, did you watch it? You you don't have 4K, right? Because it's not out no, 4K, is it? No, I have. I watched it on Blu-ray <coughs> on 4K, which okay. you know, so we'll upscale it a little bit. Not the the quality of 4K, right. which if you've ever so, anybody who has 4K sees it in that, I I would die to see it. In it 4K, hasn't. They haven't, I don't. They haven't, I haven't done it yet. Yeah, I watched it. We watched it in 1080 on you know, which would be like blue Blu-ray quality. Um. And there's a little they need to do some effect work. So, like, I think that's why it's not out in 4K is because apparently to to redo something in 4K, you need to go back and redo pretty much every visual graphic thing. Mm. Yeah. Um, and this movie is just I mean, the whole every scene is pretty much. Yeah. There's something well, it's CGI. also where it um, where 4K really comes out is the color because that's what yeah. it is. It's so much of it. So with this one, which was really interesting, first of all, the director of photography was Andrew Lesney, who won the Oscar for Return of the King and unfortunately had a heart attack and died at like 51 um, and passed away. But he did a lot of Peter Jackson stuff. But it's almost all natural light. Um, which I don't know, like on the 4K, that really comes across. That's one of the big differences. Yeah. But the way they lit it was like every dark scene was candles or flames mm-hmm. and all the outdoor scenes. Yeah, there's a lot more lighting in film than people recognize. Yeah. Like they use these massive. But he used like the sunlight and stuff. And it's really cool when you watch it is that it has this kind of very epic fairy tale feel in terms of the coloring of it and yeah. i thought that actually worked well a concern with this is obviously so much of the landscape in terms of like when they go to rivendale and stuff is fake it's cgi but the the way they lit it really blends well yeah, that it, it part doesn't of it feel does it. a pretty good does a pretty and damn good job i think the, the, the you know the shadow forces like all of your villainous creatures like they are legit scary. I mean, I was watching this thinking, like, at what age would I feel like our kids can watch this movie? Like, that that is the stuff that nightmares are made of. The first time that you see the Wraith Riders, is that what they're called? Ring Wraiths. The Ring Wraiths. Nazgul. They're terrifying. Yeah. And they terrifying. do, by the way, they shoot them fantastically. Oh, yeah. my God. I mean, that God. sequence where they're hiding under the root of the tree yeah. and they're oh. chasing Frodo. I mean, there's some great. And then, like, the orcs coming alive down below under yeah. the well. There's some, when, when, uh, there some creepy sorry, shit in this movie. There really the is horse some is getting restless. Um, the, the, that scene, Brian, where they I, I did want to bring up this sequence where they are hiding in that root. Yeah, uh, I think Peter Jackson does such a good job of showing like, um, you know, you get a picture into all of their minds without like actually having a voiceover or anything yeah. because they start to notice all the bugs. They start to notice yeah. all the things around them that would make them uncomfortable that were most likely there, you know moments earlier yeah but because they are trying to be quiet and because they are trying to hide you know the centipedes and the gross bugs and stuff like that um 
and Frodo trying, and this is the first time you see Frodo trying to resist putting the ring on. Yeah. And one of his companions stops him. Sam grabs him, I think unknowingly stops him. And I think that that becomes a theme for like the, the overarching theme of the entire series. The three movies is that Sam and Frodo relationship becomes kind of paramount to. Well, they do. Yeah. That relationship is fantastic. Yeah. He does. Do you know what this movie is again? And it's why I, I almost want to go back and watch the extended version of it is that so much of it is, the visuals are great. The score, everything is really is good. But you feel like they are getting their footing in terms of oh that one how theme, all though, this is going to play how all this is going to oh, play out. So good. I just you know I was thinking today about some of the Marvel movies that I've struggled with. Yeah, <laughs> you know I've said like one of the <laughs> things I've wrestled with with these like the superhero movies is like. Are they really dead? Are they sort of dead? Are they going to come back later? And, you know, and we, we have that feeling with Gandalf in, in the first movie of like, he can't really be gone, right? Like we, like there has to be a way that he comes back in some kind of a way, but it doesn't freaking matter because watching the hobbits grieve the loss oh. of Gandalf, it gets you right in the heart. And in the eyes, like I was. Katie was slightly so buzzed. weepy last night, and well, I, every that, time that, I watch that movie, movie it champagne. gets me every time. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Can, can, we, can we just discuss why were you drinking champagne? Okay, so we went to my really brother po- and Lisa's. Really poor choice. My brother and Lisa. My brother Perfume and Perfume going in, sewage going out. Uh, right. So per- we, I mean, it was like, my might great as well cocktail. Just drink some tequila. It's a dynamite just, cocktail just reference. Tequila. <sighs> it was my great nephew's oh. birthday yesterday. That sounds weird to say that. Um, and we had some drinks at the party and then we went back to my brother's house and they were serving champagne. I mean, I'm not one to turn down what's being offered. It was delicious. Even I turned down champagne. It was delicious. I regretted it this morning. Maybe even also last night. There were some interesting conversations had last night in a (laughs) pillow talk last night was interesting. Katie's laying there in bed and she goes, I was just thinking... What is the best cereal that goes with ice cream? Was <laughs> no. it like ice oh, no. cream and cereal combinations? What, what is the answer to that question? Well, no, because I was running a few different combinations yeah, so she, through my mind. One that came up big <laughs> for her was um, Cocoa Puffs, Puffs and uh, Cocoa Puffs are and, great and coffee ice cream. Ice cream. Yes, okay. that, right. that is a dynamite combination. <laughs> or, or no, it was a peanut butter ripple is what you said oh. for that one. Oh, that's yeah. also really good. And then it was See, Cocoa I mean, Krispies. Even inebriated. Cocoa am... Krispies with coffee ice cream and then Cinnamon Toast Crunch with like an with like an apple cinnamon mm, swirl or a dolce de leche. Yeah. Oh. Can we get a one yes. hope uh, bottle of champagne for you for the next show? Now listen, they make I'm going to be honest. I rarely get a headache from from one hope products. Yeah. I have to basically yeah. drink the whole well, bottle champagne myself. Champagne makes sense. If I drink though, the that's, whole that's bottle good. myself, then I'll be feeling it the next day, Oof. but um Yeah, not, that's not normally, but yeah, three glasses <clears throat> But it was also on top of, you know, two yes. ciders at the party. Anyway, anyway, Katie's like right, over. Back to, uh, back to Katie's work. Right, why don't we, as we roll through here, why don't we, because um, we'll do the other films at some point. Why don't we 
maybe each say one thing that we really loved about it. And then maybe if we had any issues, we can talk about it before as we round out here. What's one thing if you had to pick one thing about this one, you know, not the whole series, because we'll definitely do the other ones because now I'm dying to watch it. We have to do it sooner rather than later. What's the one thing from this particular film that stands out for you jim what's i think you? um for me it's like seeing the two of my like favorite character archetypes in any literature film fantasy you know geeky sci-fi stuff is uh sam and aragorn being like brought to life in perfect character casting mm-hmm. perfect okay. Um, and, and and he wasn't originally cast, which is right. great that he came in. Right. I mean, Lord of the Rings fans know that story, so we won't trudge it up. But he was not the original Aragorn, and um, he's my favorite. He's amazing in it. And that so scene, you, that scene at the end where he says, "I," where he knows that Frodo's leaving, yes. he's kind of like figured it all out. Yeah. He he and and he he sees Frodo, and Frodo thinks he's going to try to take the ring like Boromir did. And yeah, he just says, you know, you, you know, this is yours. And he says, I, I would have followed you to the fires of Mordor. Mm. Like, which, so which by the way, brilliant. And it sets up the whole, like when you go back and watch the third movie, mm-hmm. you're just like, that scene should be playing in your mind and to yeah. play it that perfectly. Yeah. Um, when they're shooting out of order, you know, yes. so it's not like they shot that film and then six years later, Viggo Mortensen could be sitting here and being like, never in the first film when I filmed this scene and now it's paying off. Unbelievable. So, and I would say this because I'm not a, a Tolkien fan and Katie, you're not really a Tolkien fan, right? So as the Tolkien fan of the group, um, you're very pleased with this because yeah. a lot of times people are not pleased with the novel to film adaptation of th- things they love. But you, I, you I, don't know, I don't know one person that was not pleased with this. Right. Like, I, I can't say that anybody had problems with the the the, the changes that they made between the novel and the and, and right. The, like folks who were fans of the book. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Appreciated <clears throat> the development. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. All right, Katie, a favorite thing? Yeah, so I was thinking about, um, I was just going down a little rabbit hole of, like, why the storyline is so compelling. And I think it's interesting, you know, for our generation, like, you know, we haven't known, we're, we're so far from, like, the war, the, you know, the battle for a common goal um, in, in a really, like, life or death scenario most of us can't relate to that. Um, and there is an invitation in this movie that I feel like they deliver so well of really buying in, you know, like really feeling like, yeah, that like for that, I would, I would, I would trust in this person, right? Like who are the people that you would put your faith in and like, what would you be willing to do? And I don't know. I just think it really is, it it invites you to kind of travel down that path and and empathize right and like and be able to feel that idea of sacrifice and um i think that's what gets you so much you know it, there's there's two tear jerkers well three you know boromir's death like even though he gets a little bit shitty you like you still that the death scene for him 
you still feel it like when he comes out well, and saves he re- the Hobbit, he redeems himself oh 100% and, and, and you the also way, buy the power that? of the ring yeah. like 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 yeah. that's you start really feeling like that that ring has power and it's not just people being corrupted by their own and ego and they set that up right that there is that the ring itself is powerful um and that these very childlike humans there's an innocence that like i i just i love what they do with the hobbits i love the way that the hobbits are shot in terms of how they're made to look smaller and more childlike than than the other yeah, guys crazy like, difficult how they did that. Oh i mean my it's God. amazing i just stuff. i i think like the movie's magical like you you're just completely wrapped <laughs> in a whole new world you know for two hours and yeah, 45 and, minutes and you don't yeah. see you don't see world building like that outside of Star Wars and Harry Potter. Like mm-hmm. it just those those are like the franchises that you can look to and say like that the world is so fully fleshed out that it feels lived in. It feels like you're being totally transported to somewhere yeah. totally different. Well, shout out to New Zealand uh, for yeah. that. Which oh my is god, it's just which, gorgeous. Uh, my brother-in-law lives in New Zealand. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, his wife is um, from New Zealand. Have they gone to the uh, set? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I I don't think so. Didn't you know, I wonder if it's one of those like, things like it's she's still there. I've, oh, no, it's like a tourist yeah. attraction. Yeah. Someday we will go to New Zealand and oh, visit right, and, uh, and uh, we can all go. Uh, didn't they build think... the set like two years in advance? Yeah. Like Hobbit yeah. Oh, so that they, everything would like, they were, grow yeah, in they were, and look. They were, yeah. yeah, they were all in on this. It's I mean, amazing. And the scenery it's amazing. Is that's it. Like you can just that's it. You can see it. Like to me, like even some of the the newer movies that have big budgets, like I don't buy the world as much as I buy the Tolkien world of 2001, like I, I think the complete creation uh, of multiple, like <clears throat> believable settings, yeah. you know, to go from Mordor to Rivendell to the Shire, like it's all done so well. And to have a place that's really that in New Zealand is, is crazy. Yeah, so cool. Um, my favorite thing is the the visual aesthetics of this film. Jim might know this name, but a lot of the the visuals were based on. And I didn't know this guy, but oh, I, I remember looking uh, Ted Naismith, who did uh, a lot of the artwork for um, the books. I remember when I worked at Barnes and Noble briefly, they had all sorts of it was um, Tolkien books like they were illustrated editions of the books and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they really used his artwork as mm. the almost shot for shot. And Andrew Lesney did a great job with Peter Jackson designing it. But the idea of all of these places and Katie, you're right. They jump from place to place to place and each has their own unique look, which kind of then is a character in itself. You know, for each of these characters, you understand the diversity of it and the idea of what the destruction will mean um, for this. And also, I think it builds up how interesting it is that these people of such diverse backgrounds have to come together because their places are so different, which is interesting. And probably the one thing I love the most is Peter Jackson's ability, along with his wife and um, who was one of the co-writers. Interestingly, two women are co-writers of the screenplay and there's a whole other could've, discussion. Could have put a few more on screen. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting, by the way. We had all male screenwriters to the notebook, which I think was a very valid criticism mm-hmm. of the female character last <laughs> week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two female, two thirds of the screenwriting. And we could talk about the women characters, which are almost non-existent. Yeah. But their ability to turn 
the ring into the villain of this film. Because I think there's an argument to be made that every other villain is a secondary Bond villain, better yeah, yeah. than Bond villain. But yeah. they're, they're, the ring is the villain. Well, yeah. evil, evil gotta, is the villain, yes, right? right. Well, yes, but in, in, the, in the ring in itself, because you get the big damn eye, which uh-huh. is an eye, but that, you know, yes, that represents the evil. And I feel like that plays out later in the film and you, and Gollum gets alluded to in this film. Oh, we didn't even but talk about Gollum. Well, but because he's only, you don't really get a great look it's at still him. still that little, and that's, the little shot of his fingers coming but over and then his eyes. Oh my God, it's I know, so good. But that to me is, I had to separate this because we know where the the series is going Mm -hmm. and really the ring carries the burden of evil throughout the vast majority mm -hmm. of the uh, the other sequence that i wanted to bring up really quickly is the sequence when frodo's getting ready to leave rivendell Mm -hmm. and he meets with bilbo and you can see that bilbo is now aged because he's not around doesn't have the ring yeah right and he sees the ring around frodo and this is the first um this is kind of the first chance you see you get to see the corruption of the ring in kind of action and for that split second he has uh bilbo basically turn into gollum mm-hmm. and and oh, yeah. like when he lurches then- for the ring um his whole face contorts and he gets fangs and it's like i think that is to speak to what you're saying is like he he sl- he slowly built that up throughout the course of the film. Mm-hmm. Even even though, and I said this to Katie, we we're watching the first time you you really um, you you know pun intended. You you see the weight of the ring when Bilbo leaves the Shire and he, and and Gandalf has to convince him to leave mm-hmm. the ring. Like it wants to stay with him. It wants to find Sauron. Right. He when he drops that ring out of his palm and it falls to the floor. And it's it hits the ground and it seems like it weighs a million pounds. It doesn't move. It just right on its side. And the sound design there, by the way, the sound is if you aren't watching this movie in the five point one. Like, oh, you got to. You're it's crazy. crazy. Uh, yeah. You, um, you have I was to. just thinking. I'm so sorry. Finish your thought that that start. So start right from that scene, the weight of this ring and what it what it represents and the temptation it offers throughout the rest of the film is really impressive how they how they play it out to to piggyback on the sound design i was thinking that watching that final fight scene the way that you feel the the fighting right like the the use of the the audio especially with boromir yeah the arrows like that you you feel boromir die right like like it it is like it hits you in the body the way that they use the sound of that scene it blows my mind Yep. Well, I think it's like this movie is a great example of the thing that was driving people crazy. We talked about the Oscars on that now that they originally were not going to have sig- uh, cinematography editing or I think costuming on the telecast. And like the big time directors went on social media and like this is appalling. Yeah, because it is such a, a medium. And this film is the amazing example of this where. You have these people that clearly Tolkien wrote this and Peter Jackson had the ability to visualize what something on paper could look like on film. And he but distilled have, it. Yeah. 
and, and to do that with all the performances, but the visuals, everything is just, I think it's just wild. Uh, and it, it, it's part of the reason I don't like watching the Oscars because everybody's going to watch it and be like, well, what's the best actor and best picture and I don't care about? And they have no idea conceptually of what something like this and this this film series in particular takes to create a world that yeah. does not exist and make it believable yeah which is insane and i know it's not everyone's cup of tea like if there there are yeah aileen wouldn't watch it because yeah. the aileen is quite possibly one of the kindest most open-minded everything people in the world except when it comes to media yeah she will not sci-fi fantasy uh, uh, she will not have any time at all i'm like just i'm like you are aware this is on the top 100 films of all no i'm gonna watch it um it's funny well i was thinking about the difference because you know you can do a lot of comparisons with like star wars and and i love the star wars um series but there, you know, it does. They play to different people, right? So, like, I, I feel like I probably lean more to the the fantasy, you know, the older world creation. Like, that mm -hmm. appeals more to me than the sci-fi kind of world, you yeah. know? And this, um, yeah. and this might be a controversial statement, but I think for just from a purely filmmaking perspective that this film so exceeds Star Wars – well, um, it has a lot. It owes a lot to Star Wars, too. It though, does. I'm film. not sure. saying it doesn't. And, and and the first Star and the original Star Wars trilogy, I will put it in the bane of because George Lucas had to create all the things. Yeah, but yeah, like, and it was all the practical. Pre, the, and, but yeah. the prequels and stuff. I mean, oh, no, it doesn't no, no. even garbage. come close. I mean, this is this was a game changing like film. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to get on the, the other ones on the schedule because I can't sit around well, and, 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 and not see and this, the second one. Spoiler soon. alert. I have to watch but... it soon. Gollum changes everything going oh, forward absolutely. in film. Uh, we have to watch it. We have to oh, yeah. we'll put it on the schedule. We have to watch the second one. What did we soon. just see the guy in recently, Jim? Uh, well, Star Wars. He's he's oh yeah. He's snow, but he's also yeah. um, Claw in Black Panther. Black Panther. Yeah. This wig yeah. is shedding. Oh, yeah. uh, that face. thing it's is gonna, that like that? Is that wig you're wearing? So if you're listening on the podcast, Katie has a wig on. Uh, is that wig made from that mink coat that made Jim yeah. sick? From? <laughs> no. If it is, Bry. Uh, this might be the end of our relationship. Yeah. Yeah, that might be <laughs> grounds for, for those. For those, uh, did we get that might be, like Brian said? Katie is, is is basically within five minutes put together a makeshift Arwen costume. I which, and but I, like I couldn't it. find my an even star. Yeah, she has an even star Jim, necklace. Jim, in I one of her. his most romantic moments, yeah. gave me an even star necklace. I love it. Now the children play with it, so I couldn't find it today. Um, well, and that's another story we didn't even get into. There is like a whole romantic story that sort of plays out over the three movies mm -hmm. of like the elves being Im immortal mm -hmm. and, and yeah. Arwen giving up her immortality to well be is with... that the whole sequence that one really we'll connects bring that up we'll in the next films we'll, we'll hit on that because yeah. I right. am very um, elfish yes uh, elvish. so let's go elvish. so that is Lord of the Rings uh, Fellowship also of the Ring the fantastic elf. film and we will watch the other two coming nope. up elf I, I, the not elf I, I think I can clear this up there's a silent F at the end Pam. Elf. P A M N. F. There's a f. Uh, all right, let's go spanning the globe. Instant reaction trailer this week. There's a film coming out May 10th, referred to as Tolkien, which is a biopic, and we know how I love biopics. Yeah, I'm not a biopic guy. It looks so much like The Greatest Showman. There were like four things in the trailer that I was like, that's also in The Greatest Showman. 
Yeah. Can we discuss? I've never seen a biopic trailer of a movie that nobody knew about or cares about that showed so little about what the film is actually yeah, about. I, I was I confused. I was seriously the, confused. I know less about that film than Avengers Endgame. What we should ta- should have talked about is the the Great War, which is Peter Jackson's new documentary yes. about World War One, which Ooh. looks which is so hard to. They they did such limited screenings of yeah. it in the U.S. He's got um, film footage. It's a hundred years old. I like to colorized see that. and yeah, it's it going to be it's going to it's, it's I, part I, of my wheelhouse literally in literature am yeah. dying i i don't it was made by him and the bbc because the bbc gave him the real footage and he colored it he wow. he added color and everything it's supposed to be out of this world but it's so the limited release of it it's so hard to find anywhere yeah. showing hmm. it which stinks it will i'm sure someone will buy it, it like there. yeah netflix will no, buy it or something but will. it's uh, it's supposed to be unbelievable and he's we we've talked about his other one that he's doing um was it let it be was that the album yeah, 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 yeah. he got like 50 hours of them writing let it be yeah. and he's turning that into a documentary the tolkien trailer is weird i i thought i was like wow this is amazing like the tolkien trailer we're talking lord of the rings it's a excuse my language a fucking awful trailer it yeah. didn't like, yeah it, it did not compel me and we should we should say we should say it isn't peter jackson we don't i don't no, even no, know no, who no. the director is. i don't know who did but my <clears> point <throat> is just like as a trailer yeah, there was nothing. It was, it was a bad trailer. It, honestly, like, it felt derivative. Really like bad. I felt like we've seen that before. I've seen yeah. that before. I, like I will and not then, be going to see that movie. Let's yeah. show how whimsical he is by spinning the little thing with the yeah. candle, which yeah, is from the Greatest stole, Showman. Yeah. And they stole also the like spinning of the ring for Tolkien the right, O. Right, right. And it, watch the trailer and realize at least the war scenes are better than the war scenes in the Notebook. Oh God! It looks like true. they spent a little bit more money than the war scenes. Uh, okay. Uh, just wanted to do this as a quick aside. We have um, Katie, Jim, and I are now officially a part of a Merriam-Webster Dictionary uh, official generation. We are Exennials. Uh, Is that because we're on part, the cusp? Is that the idea? We are late, late seventies, early eighties, mm. which would be us. Yeah. Um, uh, I would have preferred awesome generation. Jim would not like well, to be connected with the millennials. No, no, no. In that's not any it. kind of a way. I, I think it's just the, the 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 need to like categorize everyone as like having a certain own, group, right? Yeah. Their own uniqueness, which is funny because like I think you know there's only two two years between us, right? Yeah. But Katie is personality wise is more on the millennial side, and I am personality wise more on the. On the Gen X side, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think and that you know individual. I, I found it interesting because I do a whole project with my AP class um, where we do a generational thing, and we have them study like the baby boomer generation going through. And Craig Goldberg, who teaches AP with me, we always had a problem, which is we had no label. We don't like to label, but like we we're trying to break it down, and we're like, what about this whole group of people who is not really Gen X, but is also not millennial? So they gave it a label. Um, but I, I just think it's interesting that it's classified as this group that was not digitally native, but were also able to operate in that world, which is really. And I always talk to my students significantly about that, which is at this point, turning forty this year, pretty much half of my life was not driven as an extremely technologically driven life in the second half has been like I had no cell phone in college, no cell phone in high school, which is crazy to them. And I mean, and we were comm majors, you know, I was the cutting edge of 
doing editorial stuff in college. And that's stuff you can do on your phone now right. that I can have students do on the phone that I was literally being paid hundreds and hundreds of dollars to edit things for people that you can do on your phone for free now. And hundreds I just and hundreds I, I, of dollars. But listen, in college, hundreds tens and hundreds and of, tens thanks, of thanks to dollars. Pat Morgan's budgeting of senior <laughs> week, I made a thousand dollars for a video that took me. Oh, don't even get me started on that ridiculousness. Um, all right, so we are exennials. Uh, can we go fan question? Our friends at Pop Addled. Yeah, so Pop Addled, uh, Keenan Remember, and Tim Jim was sent on the show last questions. week. Um, um, I hope everybody checked that out, by the way, because yeah, it was, it was, I really it was a fantastic episode. Katie hasn't probably hasn't. I haven't. I still need to. You will like it because it's the music one. So good. Um, So Keenan liked to ask, uh, I said, yo, could you send me a question for Lord of the Rings? And he said, yeah, like what do the rings actually do? Like I'm legitimately don't know. One ring rules them all and makes you invisible is all I know. Um, (laughs) Good question, Keenan. It is a good question question because I think this is something. By the way, we used to watch those movies in Keenan's basement. Do you remember? We watched the extended edition where they record the Pop Addle podcast. And so like uh, to to give Keenan some some questions, you know, uh, they don't do a good job of explaining the other rings and what they are. So um, there are three three rings to the elves and what I think seven to the dwarves or five to the dwarves. I forget. Um, And then nine to the men. Um, become the ring wreaths, yes. right? So they the, the idea is that, the, and and what they also don't tell you is that Sauron is an is an elf, an elf. Like he he. Do they ever tell you that? Well, not in, not in, in the, the movie. films. No, do no. they ever tell you that? No. Oh, all right. And so like him and another elf, elf guy made the rings, and oh. they gave them out. Um, he never got his hands on the three. Elvish rings, which Gladriel has. She, Kate uh, Blanchett has one. Um, you find out later who has the others. Um, but so those were never corrupted. And those are, their powers are like to control the land and extend their lives and basically make things magical and great. Um, and that's sort of what the purpose of all the rings were is to basically like allow you to be a better, better leader and control the, you know, make everything great for your, right. for, for people. Your, group, your people. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what happened with men, you know, basically the dwarves are, are said to not have succumbed to the one ring because, um, they're like constitution and they're, they're kind of like stubborn and everything. Right. 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 Okay. Um, but men are, you know, are constantly referred to as weak in Lord of the Rings and sort of um, easily, you know, uh, they crave power above all else. And so their rings basically what a, what those rings allowed them to do is basically like force people to their will. Okay. And that's what Sauron did when he crafted the final ring it was like the one ring to rule them all. Um the he, basically he had control over the nine the nine men who who wore the rings and they be, basically um what was happening to frodo in lord of the rings when he got stabbed became closer and closer to the the dark shadow realm and became wraiths Right. So they're that basically whole, like living that whole dead. explanation is why I didn't read the books. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like the play. Well, that's not the, technically the in the films, books. which was a lot. Yeah. The, the other question we get a lot. I get a lot. Um, and I'll save Tim's for another one. Uh, just uh, a quick. Yeah, we'll do Tim's next Tim's. week. Yeah, let's do Tim's next week. Yeah. Okay, cool. 
um, is about the wizards. So we'll we'll talk about that. In, in, uh, we can in talk about episode. that in the two the two uh, towers. Two, two, two towers. towers. Tim's question will make a lot more sense. All right, perfect. So, so we'll do that. Uh, we'll do that then. Yeah. Um, all right. Our things we talk about at uh, over a beer at Oscars. Uh, question of the week, uh, Katie. Are you in on our attempt to create a historic trust to purchase Oscars? Um, and, and move forward with that. That's what Jim and I have been attempting to do. Create well, a historic trust. So when trust. you say, am I in? Um, do I want to donate any money to this project? No. No, do you just think it's a good idea? Absolutely. If yes. we're not putting any Please money in. We're do not, not allow that. I mourned when the main tamers building was torn down. It was like a piece of history. Um, I would hate to see the same thing happen to Oscars. You know, whenever there's like a part of your, your life story that could go away. That's sad. I just like to do a show there. Just one episode of the show. Kegs and eggs (laughs) on parade day. Yeah. Well, that might, be, that might be parade be day great. might be a little extreme. I want Eddie least... making eggs behind the bar on his hot plate. I don't want to eat any of that stuff oh, again. I'm not delicious. sure how I survived. I'm not sure eggs. how I survived that. Serious. Okay, here's the question, though. Uh, if you could become any famous author in history, mm. who would it be? And my, my um, motivation for this question was yesterday, the movie trail we saw, where they went to a world where you could be the writer and they would thought, Katie DeSanto, Jim DeSanto, you are the writer of this stuff. They don't know who the writer mm. is. Who, uh, who would you choose to be? So I went through a few different pathways with this question. But I feel like the the book that I would love to be able to take credit for would be To Kill a Mockingbird. So I would be Harper Lee, but then I don't want to be a hermit and I don't want to live in the South. You know, you just have to write So I'm going to write To Kill a Mockingbird and then I am like hightailing it out of there. (laughs) That's all you have to do. Uh, And I'm going to use my celebrity to meet all the other authors because that's what I was thinking about, like current day authors. I'm like, I want to be one of the authors who gets to go hang out with like Toni Morrison and met Maya Angelou. Like I want to, I want to be in the room where it happens. Um, so Harper, I mean, she okay. lived for long enough that I, I get to meet a lot you, of people. You, you just have to write the book. You don't have to you're be, you're going to be you. Book. It's like, she never existed. Yes, and you wrote the book. Oh, thank you get God. to write that. I, yeah. I'm in, I'm yep, all in. All right. Well, do I get to hang out with her family? Cause Alice was, no, also you have your cool. own family. No, no. Well, it's, it's Katie DeSanto wrote to kill a mocking. I guess I'll keep, I'll keep the family. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Oh, I mean, it's Stephen King, one hundred percent. Like I could be Tabitha. No, <laughs> you don't have to be the person. You're the missing whole thing the whole is point. You're missing Can we the have gargoyles point. on our team outside? I, I want uh, to. Could you imagine the back catalog I have to work with? Like I could oh, put out a book a month for. Oh, I know. It'd be amazing for the next 10 yeah. years and I I would be Nicholas mm. Sparks. Uh, you're an asshole. No, I would not. Shit. I would not be Nicholas Sparks. I I would be Shakespeare. Cuz I think so many people base uh things upon Shakespeare. Yeah. You would be like a god among I men. would wear the tights and everything. I would oh, walk I like around it, in the tights. I think I like it would it. be like a whole fashion thing I could get away with <laughs> at the All same right. time. Um so that that. But All then right, isn't so that's it that our... you'd have to live during that time period? No, we're just we're, this is not a real scenario. That's I don't why want to live I back used, then. No, All that's right. why I used the yesterday trailer as the premise for okay. this whole thing. Right. Uh, like this week sign the apocalypse grows every uh, ever near. Uh, there is a change.org campaign going on right now if anybody would interested um, that 
an individual wants to sell Montana to Canada. Uh, Ian Hammonds, who might be related to John Hammond of the fictitious Jurassic Park world, uh, is attempting to get the U.S. government to sell Montana to Canada. By the way, Canada is not asked to purchase Montana um, <laughs> for a trillion dollars. And his sales pitch uh, to Canada is uh, we have too much debt and Montana is useless. Just tell them it has beavers or something. And that is the official description of his change.org. It doesn't make uh, the change.org petitions seem very um, serious. Good. Yeah. I would, I'm, if I'm change.org, I'm like, I'm attempting I to don't be know a if serious I want this publicized. I do like the idea of selling off one of the U.S. states. Montana's not the one I'm going to pick. I'd like to speak directly to Ian right now and just say, Ian, you were so concerned about whether you could, you didn't stop and ask if you should. Should if you should? Absolutely. Uh, By the way, I'm not more. I'm not sure if I'm more concerned with Ian, who at least took the time to create this, or the 7,500 people who have signed the petition. Here's what this proves to me: a theory I have long held. Um, There are people that need something to do. There are people with too much time on their hands. They could Uh, be like, I don't know, creating the next Internet or something. Yeah. I'm not sure Ian could be creating the next Internet yeah. based upon what Listen, he's with enough time, 10,000 hours, you'd do anything. Mm, I, Jim, well, don't I look good in this wig? Yeah, that's cool. taking it. Interesting. Uh, OK, let's go. Five questions. Five questions. Mm-hmm. Katie DeSando, here we go. We'll, we'll shoot secrets. through these quickly. Uh, question one. Thumbs up or thumbs down, Katie? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Renaissance Fair dining experience. I've never uh, partaken. OK, so I have to be honest. I haven't been there in some years. And Katie's food tastes, especially in early life, were not uh, strong. <laughs> but... I love the Renaissance Fair. So I'm going with a strong thumbs up. Frankly, I don't know what else they have to eat besides the giant turkey legs. And I certainly can't eat those, but I'm still going. Like I'm, I'm all in even if I can't eat any of the food. Did you go to the Renaissance Fair dining experience with your summer love at 17 who you would have divorced because he was no. wearing a Make America Great? There is again. no chance that any of the guys that I was into when I was 17 would go to the Renaissance Fair. OK, well, there you go. All right. Nope. Uh, question number two. Would you rather? I didn't live find Jim the... till I was 19. Oh, there <laughs> he, would have been... gone. he would go to the Renaissance uh, Fair. I don't know. It's not really my you've thing. never been to the Renaissance Fair, have you? You don't know. Fair, you? You've never been. You're going to love it. We're taking the kids this year, Brian. There we go. I love it. All right. Question number two. Would you rather live in the Lord of the Rings universe or the Harry Potter universe? No. No. Oh, they're for me? Oh, Harry Potter. 100% Harry Potter. Uh, The Lord of the Rings universe is terrifying on a whole other level. Yeah, there's really I completely agree with you there. Yeah. All right. Question three. Fill in the blank. If I got to be a Lord of the Rings character, mm. I'd want to be. And, uh, and since you're a woman, so this is hard. If you right. Pick a woman, exactly. There's only two. Choices. So I only have two choices <laughs> in this film. But there's a very, very powerful woman okay. coming. But, OK, but very limited right now. <laughs> but you don't have to pick a woman. You can I pick am him. no man. I w- I'm going to go with Strider. Oh, he is dead sexy. Very capable. 
also has a kind heart. He's got a fantastic relationship with his elf in love. I'm 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 all in on a him. healthy relationship. A I, healthy yeah, relationship. A Their relationship or man. Noah and uh, oh them <laughs> every time they are mature. That you can that's been going on for years. I'm surprised. Their relationship's decades, been right? going on for years, and you can see it. As opposed to Noah, I, you would. I'm surprised. I thought you would have picked uh, Legolas with the bow, the shooting. Okay, like... so I lo- I love what Legolas does. Yeah. But in terms of like character <clears throat> development, yeah, you're right. There's Strider. Strider's got more to work with, yeah. right? Like I I do I love me some Legolas. I think it's one uh, of my or- favorite. Like, I think I it might them. be Orlando Bloom's best role ever. I forget that it's Orlando Bloom. Uh, I don't usually like fairymen. Oh yeah, the, like the who the actors and actresses are in this film in Lord of the Rings to me just completely fades away. Like they are so fully their character that like you forget who you're watching. Yeah, they're, you know? they're fantastic. Like it's it is no longer like I had to think for a while. I'm like, is it Elijah Wood? That is Elijah Wood because it's just it's Frodo. That's Frodo. No, yeah. they, they were great. Yeah. Uh, all right, question four. Mm-hmm. Favorite Sean Astin? Mm, it's definitely this. I, In fact, I really can't stand Sean Astin in really? most of his other movies. Really? Yeah, I really? have never really liked him. But as Samwise, Mikey? there's... Mikey no. from Goonies? Nope. Rudy? Never. Uh, I've never yeah, liked not, him. I'm off the Rudy train. Yeah, I've I think Rudy's a bit him. overrated, but yeah. people worship that film. All right, he's, like uh, a, deep... he's a goober. But then he's, I don't know. Bob I... in Stranger Things season two. Oh, oh, no, that's it. Yes, we talked about that. That, that was my next 24. favorite Sean Astin role. Oh, yeah, he was on 24. Mm. He was on 24. All right, uh, Deep oh, Thoughts uh, question. If you had to pick one person uh, to trust to be the ring bearer, who would okay. it be? This is a really hard question. Yeah, to, I like, so. Right? So, like, you have to find that person who, like, has that, like, steadfastness of character. And so I have, like, some, like, like in our, like, friends world folks that I would pick. Uh, but then I realized, like, that wouldn't really mean anything to folks listening at home. Yeah. Um, but, like, so, like, Amy Welsh would be my, like, she would be, she mm-hmm. is going to carry the ring. She is yeah. the ring person. If I'm going, like, friends People, and family. Yes. Right? Okay. Yeah. If I'm okay. going to, like, folks out in the world, Kristen Bell. Oh. Kristen Bell is taking that ring. Mm-hmm. Very, Very good choice, good. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking Mars. of Kristen Bell, I did listen to the uh, Jason Manzukas oh my God. podcast. And I want to know when Jim and I can do hair play because we're not going to have much hair left. <laughs> <laughs> or like we, uh, the window for us is Ooh, very I short. Chill. I just got to chill about it. It's, <gasps> our, the, the days where we have hair are ending shortly. Yeah. So it's like got to happen soon, probably. Oh, man. We were just listening to uh, Dax's best of the year, the yeah, year it, in review. It's so good. There's so much good stuff on there. All right. Well, there we go. That's five questions. All right. Recommendations. Anybody got something they uh, have love for here mm-hmm. that they want to share with the people? Yeah. Listen to the Dak Shepard uh, podcast. If you I mean, we've talked about it a lot, but <clears throat> if you've been not interested, at least give the year in review episode um, a listen and it'll give you a nice uh, kind of cross-section of like a ton of interviews and really funny and or meaningful uh conversations that he's had mm-hmm. all right awesome. um yeah. podcast world i love i don't know if i've already recommended this i love the modern love podcast it's like really great essays that are read mm-hmm. by famous actors and actresses 
Um, and we just listened to one yesterday about uh, a guy who dated two women who lived in studio apartments and they both had dogs that watched him awkwardly while he and the lady owner had sex. It is... (laughs) It's so well done, and it's by the actor who plays Kristen Bell's husband in The Good Place. He's he's oh, reading okay. it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I just think like his delivery is so good. I yeah. Anyway, so that's great. Um, and then other recommendations. We've uh, we've been subscribing to the Misfit Market, and I'm I'm loving it. So you get this produce box delivered to your house um, with produce that is too big or too small for them to sell in supermarkets, basically. It's all organic. 20 bucks, you get like 20 pieces of produce, and there's always something new and fun in there. So golden beet chips happened in our house the other day, and Eva DeSanto loved some beet chips. So I'm liking Misfit Market. Beet. Beet chips. Yeah. Beet chips. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, Beet chips. Four Roses, uh, a recommendation from the show that I have uh, taken to heart. Solid, solid bourbon. I watched uh, nine films last week, which That's I would not recommend to most people. A lot people. of time. That's uh, well, you know what I usually do is read at night, and um, I, I've been substituting films. Um, the beauty of, by the way, and just a quick aside here, of watching streaming films on like Amazon or Netflix. I just sat like before I fell asleep. I usually read, and I just watched it on the iPad. Um, but uh, I would recommend any of the AFI films I've seen. There has not been one I've watched so far that I have not really enjoyed. I'm rereading Harry Potter, Prisoner of Azkaban, because in March we're going to be doing it for the show, um, which is exciting. Um, and that's such a good one. I forgot how much that like that really is just I feel like that's her big step up. The other ones were good, but there's like a big leap yeah. with that mm-hmm. book in the movies by the way as um as well and yeah uh oh uh aileen and i started besides just watching movies uh last week i also we also started watching the handmaid's tale oh we haven't yeah. watched the next season we have to, yeah, we yeah. Have to so we're watching season, season one and by the way uh if you think you can't have sex after watching chances are try watching the hammock <laughs> as a well, man that's because you have to get somebody man, else involved no, no, Brian. No, there's no, gotta a be a man, third person as a man i think your penis retracts about <laughs> 10 inches back into your body at that point it's like you, i mean that's my god fantastic uh, absolutely by the way i just say brilliant so far yeah. and aileen had read the book and I, I you know i i just didn't have time to read it so she yeah. had wanted to Margaret watch atwood it. Is oh my a god boss. it's so good everything about it the way it if you have not watched it you, you have to watch oh it. and the scenes of them shooting the new season on mm-hmm. the mall in dc which oh, frankly yeah, I, see, now, I, I can't I just, believe our administration didn't find a way to block that from happening <laughs> well, it's, uh, my well, only thought right. is that he has no idea of what's going on well probably because not, but i thought that it was... looks no, they I told him the plot crazy. and he was like, oh, that. Yeah, that's that's what we want to do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I th- he's like, wait, is this a propaganda <laughs> film? Yeah. Or is so we a- can get those speakers put in. <clears throat> we, can, we, we, so, can, oh, we can get those people on. So Ray Fiennes is the good guy, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Wait. Well, I, we didn't add that Donald Trump actually won the Razzie for best <laughs> actor from uh, Fahrenheit uh, 11.9 or whatever oh, it is uh, about his election. He was uh, – and Kellyanne Conway won Best Supporting Actress oh, for her – of herself, pre- pre- preventing herself. Uh, but Handmaid's Tale, fantastic. All right. Next week, uh, ooh, we're doing The Departed. Ooh, ooh. Musician. Oh. Musician. Oh, yeah. J.S. Andara. J.S. Andara. If 
you haven't listened to Sky, I posted um, I posted oh, some yeah, on Facebook. Oh, yeah, That was great. Uh, oh, I can throw uh, – I'll throw one of his videos yeah. up on the Com Major site. Yes, throw it up Everyone on the Com Major because that was great. Dude that was so good. He's going to blow up. Uh, and The Departed next week. Mm-hmm. And then just as this is um, somewhat breaking news, if you're in the Philadelphia area and the, it's going out, uh, we will be celebrating my 40th birthday in Philadelphia. Hey! This We'll be coming. Uh, oh, it's so exciting. We're bringing, we're bringing every we have, dates have not been set, but we'll let people in we're the not, area who listen. No. Uh, and uh, that's another uh, episode. Right. Uh, we, hey, hey, listen, no major award has probably been given out on the Oscars yet. So if oh, you if you were true. watching, you could go watch the Oscars. Your now. mom said that Adam Lambert did sing and he was very good. Yeah. Yes. I'm uh, sure he was amazing. Dude can sing. Well, through yeah. The roof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, we can watch. Uh, we'll get all of this with no commercials. <laughs> we'll get that. We can go That's back true. and get all the Oscars. We'll be able to with see no all of the best things. Everything um, that was great about it. Uh, departed next week. And then um, I don't know. We'll, we'll find something good for the following week. Yeah. We have some, some ideas here. The, we're going to watch a Hallmark movie inspired by the <laughs> inspired did. by the notebook. Already did. Inspired by the notebook. A film inspired by the notebook. Uh, that's it. Thanks, guys. We'll all talk right. To you see soon. ya. Bye, Bri. Bye, guys. Hey.